Hey there, listeners. Got a little surprise for you this October. This is pulled from a stream that was run earlier this year over on Classical Glyze's channel. This is the beginning of the end. This is Inevitable, a new game by Bit RPG, which you will hear more about. The game is run by my friend T.T. Benjamin, and I'm playing along with a couple friends. I hope you enjoy, and you should go get this game. It is a lot of fun. But don't just take my word for it. Listen along as we do part one of two of This Red Rock. Hello, everyone. It's me, T.T. Benjamin, taking over Gliza's channel because my clout game is weak. <laughs> We've got a killer lineup of some of my closest friends here to play a game that we are all excited for, Inevitable, by Soul Muppet RPGs. Currently on Kickstarter. Go back it right now during the intro. Uh, uh, just go do that. Just search Kickstarter, Inevitable. Maybe we drop a link in there. Um, but go back that right now. Uh, you, you don't need to, don't take my word for it. Just go do it. Mm -hmm. uh, currently on Kickstarter, Inevitable is a play to lose Arthurian cowboys, cowboy tragedy. Tragedy in that it concerns itself with the last days of a kingdom in decline. Cowboy because it has six shooters, cool hats, and moody showdowns. Arthurian in that the party are all servants to the inept boy king trying in vain to stop the fall of the kingdom of myth and play to lose because the game is written specifically to be a futile endeavor. Myth will fall. And all that will remain are the stories and legends of the heroes that tried at the end to save it. Let's meet our cast. Why don't we start with our gracious host, Gliza Champion. Hey, uh, I'm Gliza. I go by they, them. Um, it's great to meet you all um oh, i am very nervous today uh but hey i go by they them you can find me on the internet as at classical gliza um everywhere on twitch tiktok you're already here um you know me so hey that's me that's all thanks they are a person of many hats they are a writer a promoter an influencer an actor oh no you've memorized my line my spiel how dare you Rude! Why don't we go to Emily? Hello, I'm Emily. I play Azimuth the Bardoon on the Lawful Great Adventures podcast, which will post the set last two episodes eventually. You can find me all around the internet, as was foretold, where you can find me making dice, making paintings, doing art, and being sad and stuff. Like today, let's be sad. Hey, Emily, quick question while you're here. Uh, who did the character art? Oh, that was me. Oh, it's so good, though. Aw, shucks, thank you. Do you take commissions? <laughs> I, I do take commissions. In fact, you can just DM me on Twitter, or there's an email address in the description. Amazing. Thank you, Emily. They we also make dice. 
Me. Oh god, I have so many sets of Emily dice, it's nonsense. And none of them were intentionally acquired. True. <laughs> Why don't we go to Zedkiel? Uh, hey, my name is Zadkiel Vaskihuff. You can find me on Twitter at Z-A-D-K-I-E-L in green. That is Zadkiel in green. Uh, I'm also the creative coordinator for the Game Woven podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Game Woven. We found the one that is just the name of the show. Um, that's a collaborative storytelling collective uh, building a world one game at a time. I'm, uh, maybe you'll hear some more about that kicking around. But other than that... Uh, Hey, how's it going? Hey, bummers, huh? Ready for bummers? We ready to get sad. Let's hear from Bree. Hey, I'm Brian Jade. You can find me at Brian Jeans on Twitter. You can find 95% of the podcasts that I do over at Pseudonym Social. I have several on there, more on the way, including ones I've kidnapped it. Actually, technically... Well, I kidnapped Emily into one for the full season. I've kidnapped her into a different one for a couple of guest spots because I wanted to screw with my players. <laughs> but yeah, I do that. I do the production for the graveyard tapes. I do the production for Game Woven, and that's a lot of fun and a lot of chaos. And I have too many ideas. It's fine. Good. Okay. Apparently, I'm also available to screw with your players. And I am T.T. Benjamin. You can find me on Twitter at T.T. Benjamin One. I'm the host and game master of the Lawful Great Adventures podcast, uh, which is currently winding down. Um, I'm also the producer and showrunner for Game Woven, which we have three Game Woven members here and one Game Woven guest that is Galiza hanging out. Oh, give that the a look. Official, official artist for Game Woven. Emily, yeah, yeah. Emily did the art for Game Woven, so everyone here is in some way connected to the Game Woven podcast. Uh, Game Woven's a great project; it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a indie showcase podcast uh, focusing on like world building and storytelling games. Uh, so it's one contiguous story, but we keep switching systems. Um, it's just so much fun and such an interesting creative endeavor. Um, I really like doing it, and uh, but t today has nothing to do with Game Woven. Today has everything to do with tragedy. That's right, tragedy. Um, because we are playing Inevitable by Soul Muppet RPGs. I, God, I am so, uh, uh, this is easily one of my favorite publishers for uh, modern RPGs. They also did Orbital Blues, which I, is just an incredible game. Um, I got uh, a look at some of the advanced stuff on this, and it's, oh, this is going to be a blast. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope everyone goes and follows Soul Muppet on Twitter. You can find Soul Muppet on Twitter at Soul Muppet RPG. Goes and checks out the Kickstarter. Um, and then uh, uh, stick around and watch how inevitable goes. I'm going to do my best, but um, we're pretty early in the uh, inevitable world. So I'm, this is this is my, basically, interpretation of how the uh, how the system is run uh, let us get ready to begin this session is part of what we are thinking is going to be a two-parter that i wrote called this red rock if you're playing along at home feel free to count the wasteland references because i literally cannot help myself are we ready everyone sure take a breath in Focus on victory at all costs, even if the effort is futile. Breathe out. What are the roots that clutch? What branches grow out of this stony rubbish? 
Son of man, you cannot say or guess, for you know only a heap of broken images, where the sun beats, and the dead tree gives no shelter, the cricket no relief, and the dry stone no sound of water. Only there is shadow under this red rock. Come in under the shadow of this red rock, and I will show you something different from either, your shadow at morning striding behind you, or your shadow at evening rising to meet you. I will show you fear in a handful of dust. The dry earth and crumbling roots of the thick forest of Hart's Domain crackle and bristle like firewood under the hooves of your mounts. It has been a week since the prophecy was spoken. The kingdom of myth will fall. Under the sheltered and unready hand of the young boy King Rubain, the kingdom is cowering. Against the wishes of the court, Sir Levere the Hammermite, knight captain of the 18 knights errant of myth, dispatched you to accompany Sir Eli the Martyr in an effort to stop one of the likely causes of the fall, the Great Drake. This quest takes you far, far from the familiar comforts of the king's home, in the west towards the Cradle Reign, where the crownless rule. There among the tight corridors and wandering giants rests the drake, restrained by chains, held by the power of magical rings. But there have been stirrings, reports of volcanic activity in the range. Could the great drake be close to breaking his chains? There is a rustling of shot and feet as Sir Eli calls the company to a halt. Your cadre and his stop a moment as he eyes a fork in the road. He casts a look back and says, with strained joviality, Well, fellows, I think this is where we must part ways. My errand is deeper towards the cradle range, but I have need of you in Crescent just further along. Leading your cadre up front is Gliza's character. Gliza, would you introduce your character to us? Lirio is the one leading the charge. She is uh, wearing a half plate sort of armor painted with all kinds of flowers. And those flowers, you know, if you've spent time with her, even just a little bit, those flowers are painted on after every encounter. Encounter is what she calls it, but it's mostly just jobs that the king sends her to where she would punish. And again, punish is a nicer way of saying killing them for the king because the king's instructions are very clear and anybody who does not follow the king must be punished. And Lirio is the one leading this company of people. Now, Lirio, what mm-hmm. uh, what is your class? I am the errant knight. So you are an errant. You are an important figure in the country of myth. There are only 18 of you. So Sir Eli the Martyr, whom you are accompanying, Mm -hmm. is not your better. He is, in fact, your equal. So you speak with the authority of the crown. Just keep that in mind. You're a pretty big deal. Who is next behind Lirio? Is it Jack or is it Phantom? Let's have the Phantom just right next to me. Phantom, would you tell us what you're all about? Well, the Phantom's a shadow jack, something of a roguish type wandering the wastes, holds 
no real loyalty to a crown or king, only to themselves, pretty much. So there's just this unassuming, worn-down-clothes, rangery type with a nice little lever-action carbine on their back, riding behind, but as worn as their clothes is, their boots are always well cared for, because you never know when you gotta make a run for it. Question for you, Phantom. You are a Shadowjack, you are a thief, you are actually, like, pretty disliked throughout the Kingdom of Myth, just in general, because not only are you not beholden to any king, you are also, like, kind of anti a lot of what the Kingdom of Myth stands for. How is it that you came to be in the cadre of such a storied errant? What are you doing here? What am I doing here? Well, you see, as a Shadow Jack, I do get in a bit of a run of trouble. And Lirio here took pity on me the last time I ran the wrong side of someone a little too important to the crown. It's like, I will make sure that you don't meet your end today, but you have to help us with our mission. You can't just stay outside of society any longer. This is more important than you. And Lirio is a very convincing, charismatic knight. What can I say? True. I agree. She is. Let's go to Eddie. Break it down for us. What's Eddie's deal? (laughs) Well, Eddie's deal... There are 18 knights errants within the court of the boy King Rubain. Within the court of his father, King Malavan, there were 20 knights errant. This changed after the, the Battle of the Violet Fields. We don't talk about what happened to the 20th knight, but the 19th, Sir Eddie the Roamer, was never really well liked by the king constantly butting heads with the king, but was the one that was, Eddie was the outrider. Eddie was the one who King Malavane trusted to know the world and to travel and to reach out to the furthest places. He would be given an assignment or he would come back from an assignment, be in town for a couple of days, get another assignment, hop on his horse and be gone for several months and then ride back into town. Things were not always necessarily discussed thoroughly, but uh, uh, Eddie got things done. The honor of being a knight's errant was stripped from Eddie when he returned in the wake of the Battle of the Violet Fields to find that the old king had been killed. (laughs) King Rubain blamed him for not being there not being there to protect his father and lacking any explanation as to why Eddie had been gone so far away and for so long, just basically was forced to take the fall. And then being stripped of all lands, titles, and privileges, hopped on his horse and left the city and hasn't been seen for many, many days. And so I think as Lirio's cadre takes this forked road and separates from the, what was the other knight's name? Eli the Martyr. Yeah, after Eli the Martyr's cadre heads off in one direction and Lirio's cadre 
begins to move down the other. I think Eddie just sort of appears from the woods. He's been keeping his distance, um, sleeping away from the other knights. Was not with the cadre when they left Myth. Joined up two days later. Hasn't explained to anybody aside from Lirio why. I don't even know if Lirio, I don't even know if we had that conversation, but you know why. I want to get to how the cadre reacts to Eddie coming out of the woods in just a second here. But first, I want to introduce our final and most mysterious cadre member, Jack. What is the Jack? Jack is a tale weaver. She's always been someone who would tell these grandiose stories to inspire other people. Some were true, some weren't. Bit of a daredevil, but she just wanted to leave behind some inspiration and some hope, even as things looked worse and worse. And one day, she broke into a giant's home stole two pistols and a liar and ended up killing the giant on the way out who she was when she went in no one remembers anymore but she came out as jack the you weren't film. always jack nope but who she was is no more okay here's a question for you one among this cadre you were very close with not lirio someone else but one person among this cadre you were very close with in your old life. Who and why would you never tell them? I think the person I was before was very good friends with the Phantom. I went off and did this job without them, though. Maybe you got called off on another job or something, but... So you used to work together with the Phantom. Why would you never tell Phantom who you were? I don't know if I can. Oh. Part of becoming Jack, when you become part of that line, you have to give up everything about who you were. So you so like, I will... can't even like say your name out loud. Yeah. Old My old name is completely forgotten. I am Jack. That's dope as hell. I love that. That's but great. I think when I ran into the Phantom, I decided, well, we can be friends again. I can't tell <laughs> them, but we do work very well together. Seriously <laughs> well. Weirdly yeah. well. Also, the way, the way you boast seems a little bit weird, like a friend of mine whose name I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I don't even know, remember what she looked like anymore. Because um, Also, most people don't really know what Jack looks like. She so... just looks familiar. Jack, I will. I want to tell you one thing here before we transition over to Eddie, and that is this: on this journey, you happened to hit it off with Bright Moon, who is Eli the Martyr's basically personal mystic, part of Eli's cadre. Bright Moon is a young, inquisitive, but really like short-tempered and very rude um, apprentice mystic who receives prophecies in her dreams. So she will basically sleep write these prophecies on parchment. So she's asleep on her bedroll, and then she'll just pull out a parchment and just start writing on them. Before Sir Eli departs, and before Eddie shows up, Bright Moon, whom you've, you've, you've sort of bonded over something with, approaches you 
and hands you a wax-sealed note. And she says, I penned this last night and sealed it. I have a feeling that it needs to go to you, and I have a feeling that you are not to open it until after you have finished your business in Crescent. Understood. But I trust you with this. Jack, Jack, why does Bright Moon trust you? So I kind of had a thought of maybe when I killed the giant, what if that giant was connected to a possible apocalypse? Oh, okay. Kind of like so, on a link, and Bright Moon was like, realized yeah. like you were the one that sort of stopped that chain. Yeah, or the giant was threatening her family. I dig it. Okay, I love that. Okay, so so I mean, your your reputation kind of preceded you. Yeah, I'm the reason that her family is still safe. That's cool. I love that. So Eli and the rest of his cadre depart, heading deeper towards the Cradle Range. It is at this point that Eddie reveals himself from the trees, having followed Lirio's cadre for uh, multiple days. Lirio, you're the first to spot Eddie. How do you react? It's with a smile at first, and then a frown, and then another smile, and Lirio quietly waves. As soon as Eddie comes close, Lirio goes, you're back. Yep. For how long? Eddie looks in the direction that we're going, looks off towards... What's that town's name again? You're headed to Crescent. I will explain the mission yes. when you start heading in. Looks in the direction of Crescent and then looks back at Lirio and says, I promised I'd be here for the final act. Here we are. Ah. Huh. Jack slowly puts her pistol back. How's it going? Going well. Didn't expect you to be joining us. Well, it's a surprise to everyone. Well, I think Eddie, despite the dour tone and presumably the gray skies, Eddie just like gives this huge grin and just almost laughing uh, nearly to the edge of his voice says, well, good stories full of all sorts of twists and turns. Hey, Phantom, have we met? I was about to ask, actually. Phantom, you once ran afoul of Eddie. Whether Eddie or not, Eddie remembers this or not is, is <laughs> up to you two, but what happened and how long did Eddie pursue you? In, in weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Phantom Chase, I feel like it was probably a robbery gone wrong. At this point, everyone's gonna die. What makes the end of the world so special? So I'm just gonna keep living my life. And if you got something I want and you're not gonna be here soon, I'm just gonna take it. And again, just keep taking the wrong thing. Keep running the wrong side of every night I come across. So probably, I wanna say it was a train robbery. And Eddie was probably on the train, taking a break between quests or whatever, just traveling a bit, getting some fresh air, seeing some new things. And it's like, well, this is more interesting. And decided to just let that nice little feeling of good come in. He's like, no, that, that was my bag. <laughs> that was my stuff. <laughs> come back. It was probably 
good five week run around. By the end of it, we'd all just lost steam. It's like this is this isn't even about a bag anymore. This is just we need something interesting in life. Yeah. What if Jack stepped in and that's when she first reentered your life? <laughs> she just ran <laughs> distraction to give you long enough to hot edge a ride out of town. And that's how you know Jack. <laughs> I don't know if I like you realize. The... Yeah, we had that we had that full five five week run, right? And this entire time you were carrying this bag. The bag was full of like Didn't even look stuff. at the bag. Yeah. At the end of it, when when it does finally run out of steam, you know, we've got this like sort of uh basically Jack kind of helping this game of like three card Monty, keeping the phantom just out of Eddie's reach for the entire time. We get to the end of it where we're just like, you know what, this is this is boring. This chase isn't worth it. <laughs> and just basically, like, it gets arranged so that you are hanging out in a bar. And Eddie walks in. You've got the bag sitting on the table. Eddie flips open the bag, and you actually look inside for the first time. And it's a bunch of gems. It's stuff that's, like, really valuable. There's, like, gold gems and then, like, one small wooden box that Eddie reaches in pulls out just the box, opens it up, and there are six goose feathers inside. He snaps the box shut, pats you on the shoulder, and is like, I'll run. I'll see you around. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Pays for your drinks, even though you're now <laughs> fabulously rich. Pays for the drinks and then walks out. Okay, well, now I gotta keep asking more clarifying questions. Phantom, do you still have the bag of gems? No. I have the bag, but not the gem. <laughs> you gave some of them to Jack for help you not yeah, get... Gave some to you, threw some in a, just a mug and left it on the bar, buried some out in the desert, and then the other ones just kept kept left leaving around places, like anywhere that I went and caused trouble. I was like, Here, here's a little, here's a little something for you. Love it. Remember, okay. remember this when you need to pay the ferryman. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. So, before he departed, Eli gave Lirio the mission. Now, you have been tasked by Sir Levin the Hammermite, the, the, knight, the, the knight captain of the Knights Errand, to slay the Drake, who is chained up in the cradle. I was trying to say, like, candle range. No, cradle range. Who is chained up in the cradle range. Sir Eli is going to go into the cradle range ahead of you and retrieve the drake spear mm -hmm. which is a weapon that has been used to kill drakes how convenient but he wants a backup plan so sir lirio he requested that you go into crescent and you retrieve an old ceremonial cannon from the duke there he wants to make absolutely sure that when it's time to kill this thing it's get, it gets killed dead the cannon is on display at the Duke's residence as like a decorative thing. What people don't realize is that it is operable. That cannon does work. Crescent is run by Duke Halbert Crescent. And as you start heading into Crescent, Lirio, how do you know the Duke? The Duke and I go way back. The Duke actually was the one to introduce me to the old king. I used to live under the Duke's territory, I guess. 
And he was the one that found me and brought me to the king. So you served him for a while, yeah? Yeah, I did. I don't remember much about it. All I remember was there was a lot of blood and I was brought to the king. Yeah. So would you explain to your fellows a little bit about the Duke? In that sort of classic scene, like, oh yeah, watch your back around the Duke. He's like this, this, and, you know what I mean? Right. I yeah. probably would look at my group of friends, happy coincidence, would tell them that, hey, the Duke is probably an okay guy. I wouldn't trust him with any of your pets or anything you really truly care about, but he's not, he's all right. Just, you know, he's fine. Just don't trust him with the things that you love. That's all. Eddie looks over to the phantom and says, he counts his silver and shrugs. <laughs> silver, his silverware specifically. Ah, got it. Good to know, um, thank you. When the trees break along the road, you see a short distance away the city of Crescent, long fed by logging trade to the central kingdom. Beset by sandstorms and drakes, Crescent has been, for the last 300 years, a hellish endeavor to survive. You can see the smokestacks of the city churning as the logging mills carve timber to be sent further towards the king's home. The buildings are small and wooden and the city spreads long around a bend in the Grey River like a cold embrace. At the northern edge of the city is its most unique feature, a working train station. Its use and function unlocked by mystics employed by the Duke. This train travels from Crescent to the fallen city of Hubris. Beyond the tracks is a long and treacherous canyon, and further still you can see the very edges of the Cradle Range, with hints of red light glowing at the peaks of active volcanoes. The rumors were true. As you make your way into the town, you see that the road is lined with two dozen executed, 12 on either side of the road walking into the city, hanging from gallows with their black hoods intact, all of them marked as traitors. By the look, these executions were recent within the last couple of days. As you stride into the bustling, Worker town of Crescent, what do you do? I'm keeping my one hand on Omega at all times. I'm going to approach everyone sort of like that was uh, executed, that was hanging, and just sort of slowly make my way through them. And if you were near her, you would hear soft prayers, but that's pretty much all Lirio does and continues to walk. Want to make a move like this? Nervous to think how he'll react to us. Pulls the hat down over the eyes. Gonna be a real shame when we end up just coming in, commandeering his cannon. You notice as you are striding into town that you are very noted. Leading your cadre. Well, honestly, there are two knights in your cadre one of whom is active and the other whom is not active. But it is, whew, it is very, very obvious that servants of the king are in town. And as you pass by a group of laborers outside having a drink and a sip of whiskey, they kind of notice you and then they spit on the ground and head back inside grumbling. 
this place seems weirdly hostile. It's almost like you can hear the ripples of rumors passing through town. You are being watched. That's going to make shit complicated. See, this is why I try not to draw attention to myself. I picture, like, Jack the Phantom, like, just been, like, slowly falling behind her. Just, just drifting away. Like, okay, <laughs> don't lose sight, but we're not with them. Lirio, yeah. as Jack and the Phantom begin to sort of drift out of earshot of you and Eddie, what do you two talk about? I would look at Eddie and I would ask, how's your trip been? Rotten. Mm. Shit's bad out there. There's been some good times. It's managed to get a few things done. I don't know. Still no regrets? I mean, I'm not good. <laughs> Honey, I'm nothing but regrets. Ah. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? You follow what you want to do, and you're still filled with regret. And I follow what I'm told to do. And we both end up in the same place. I don't know that the roads we're walking are too different than one another. At the end of the day, you're going exactly where the king tells you to. I'm going exactly where the king tells me not to. And all comes down to him, doesn't it? Just one yeah. asshole with a crown. It is at this point the sharp sound of nails being pounded into a nearby shop door with a hammer kind of cut through the conversation. All of you witnessed this as two constables pound what appears to be a writ of condemnation on a particular general store. The general store, all of the windows have been smashed in and you can even see painted on the sign hanging from the, uh, the, the, the general store there is the cracked crown and flame symbol of the Thronebreaker, a former knight who has begun to raise an army to conquer myth and slay the king. Jack glances over to the phantom. Well, looks like the odds of that prophecy coming true are strong, but what do you think the odds are we make it out of this one? I'd say about 50-50, same as always. True, true. We either make it out or we don't. Phantom, you're familiar with the followers of the Thronebreaker. You've actually had an experience with them. Were you on their side or were you on the wrong side of them? Probably started on their side. And then they pushed a little too far across the line that I didn't like. It's like, nope, I'm not going to hang around y'all no more. You're not doing anything good for me, so I'm just going to slip out before you know I'm gone. Okay, so you were messing with them for a while, and then you dipped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where are you all headed? What's your goal here? Where are you, where are you going? I'm going to go straight to where I know the Duke is. Okay. Do you all want to split up, or are you going together? Blackbrook and one together, but Jack and the Phantom might keep hanging back, or if, Emily, if you're cool with that, just keeping oh, yeah, an eye in case we're... someone tries to pull anything. Also, if we um, need to ask questions. Where, where's the help in the muscle? Just hanging in the background? It's like, oh, pay no mind to us. They do the talking. We, we're not a threat. This yeah. Thursday on NBC, Jack and the Phantom. <laughs> <laughs>
I'd watch that show. Me too. I love how the names we go by are not our actual names. True. The the pseudonym pals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Lirio, you would know that the Duke's... So there is a... There's a meeting hall in the center of Crescent. And this is mm-hmm. where the prefects and constables and other, like, city officials, like yeomen and that kind of thing, they all gather and take petition from the people that live there. The Duke does not live in the city. The Duke lives in Willow Hall, just outside of Crescent, hidden by thick green trees. Some of the only like really good living trees in the area. Most of the other ones are sickly and dying. So you pass through the town, noticing the eyes on you as you go until finally you cut across to the trail that leads you into the Duke's domain. Willow Hall is, 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 is this beautiful white estate that is uh, covered in ivies head to toe, uh, surrounded by beautiful gnarled willow trees that bristle in the wind. And as you're standing outside of the great double doors and wraparound porch, for some reason I'm imagining it's all right. I've created like a it's a plantation house, so we're just gonna go with that. It's like this. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's say. like a plant one of those big plantation houses, right? Wraparound porch, the whole thing. And uh, like as you're guy. standing at the I don't doors, like this guy at all. Oh yeah, no, no, just, he's just gotta you go. Wait, just you wait. You can definitely hear the sounds of singing within. Glassy singing, like um, uh, uh, like a children's choir. Is but it the secret no... future fantasy lyrics to Dixie? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Based on the description, I don't actually go to his house. I go to the center and petition to meet him there. Basically. Oh, uh, you want to meet him at the uh, uh, at the um, yes, uh, basically the mustering Be- hall, huh? Is because it's the polite thing to do. You don't just go visit somebody's house and demand an audience. You demand that audience in a public space. We're not demanding an audience. We're demanding a cannon. Where's the cannon? We need to ask him first. Why? Because that's the polite thing to do. Eddie, you don't just do the things that you want and expect nothing bad to happen. Well, I'm not doing the things that I want. I'm going to find a fucking cannon for the king. You don't just ask so politely and expect them to give it to you. See? Yeah. See, he gets it. They get it. It's the end of the world and we gotta go find a dragon. Do we really have time to ask this guy or can we just borrow it and hope he doesn't notice until we bring it back? Jack is completely ignoring the fact that the last time she did this, it didn't end well, but it kind of did. <laughs> we are knights of the king and we have our orders. And these are Good our orders. Yourself. Well, I the am. Cadre of knights of the king. It's, it's, you're a knight now. I apologize. Sorry for all of that mixed phantom. A bad deal for you. Don't get didn't caught ex- next time. Didn't exactly sign up to be a cadre, Padre. <laughs> Do better, steal better. I don't know. Don't get caught. There he is, so the boss. We, we have a little Lirio bit of discord. Are we are we heading to the mustering hall or are we heading to the to the manor? Uh, if the boss wants to go to the mustering hall and go through all the rigmarole of trying to get this guy to come out of his goddamn house so that he can come all the way over here so he can invite us all back for dinner and then we can have a very uncomfortable dinner and then discuss things, probably get sent off to go run some little errand for him also that we can get a goddamn cannon that we can use to shoot at a dragon that they're going to try and stab with a magical spear. Lirio's the boss. You're the only person here who officially works for the king. 
I suppose, fine. Thank you. That's a lot of words to say, please follow me. But Someone thank you. That. that was amazing. <laughs> I feel like as you all start to do that, Jack will lean over to Phantom. While they're having their audience, what do you say we go get the cannon just to make things a little easier? I mean, I kind of want to see this guy, find out just how much of a dick he really is, but hey, oh, you want to heist a cannon, by all means, let's do it. Uh, you got a plan for getting that thing out? It's a cannon. And he leans, like, towards the Phantom and Jack and is like, case the house for us. Can I hear all of this just for my own sake? Like, I want to know if I... Jack would not have said that with an earshot of you. Awesome. Uh, Eddie Eddie turns to you and looks you dead in the eye and says, you ain't heard none of that. And then goes back to riding next to you. (laughs) All right. Let's do our first challenge of Inevitable, which is, this is going to be a pretty low stakes challenge. It's going to be for Lirio. Awesome. Eddie assisting. Here's how challenges work in Inevitable. The first, we declare what the challenge is. Then we figure out, we negotiate between us Mm -hmm. what the cost of failure is going to be. Then we build a dice pool. Okay. So the challenge for Lirio is cutting through the red tape so that Mm -hmm. you can meet with the Duke right away. Yeah. What do you think the cost for failure should be? It would take a little bit longer. I would say a day longer. Okay. We want to go a little harder? We can Uh. can come up with all sorts of costs. Okay, so the cost to use. So, yeah... Failing it means this is going to take take some time, but something should happen to you as well. Should happen to me? Well, then the Duke will have to just want to meet me by myself. That's a real good cost. Love yeah. that. Okay. That's, oh, oh, that's too good. Now I want to oh, fail. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. So now, here's how we build the <laughs> dice pool. Lirio. Do you have a reputation that will help you doing this? You may invoke each of your reputations once per, like, showdown. So we're not in the okay. showdown. So uh, I feel like polite probably applies here. Yeah, polite or loyal. Loyal to the king and uh, because the king has all these powers. But polite is, is a good one, I guess. I feel like, I feel like this is definitely polite. Like right. proper channels kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got polite. Do you have any equipment that will help you? My only equipment is my sword. <laughs> I oh, will politely ask you with my sword, I guess. We can think outside the box. I would say I have orders from the king. That one, like, written orders. If I'm not mistaken, this was ordered from the king to get his cannon, right? The king just ordered you all to kill the drake. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to say that is ordered the king and and that I need the cannon as ordered by the king. Okay. That works for me. And then do you put yourself at risk? Yes, because the Duke and I have a very special history that I have not told the other people about. I'm not sure about, like, I guess physical, like risk for physical harm. In this? Hmm. I don't think there's like risk for physical harm here. Because you're just doing paperwork and kind of. Okay. You know, yeah. Social uh, and emotional harm, but. Not yeah. physical. All right, not sweet. Like physical. When you assist, Eddie, you get to mm-hmm. add a D6 to the pool. So right now we've got two D6 for the pool. Eddie, you can assist, but if it fails, you also suffer the cost. 
we'll have to all interpret what that means exactly, but yeah, that's how that works. Okay? Okay. Are you comfortable with that? Absolutely. So, Lirio, you will roll 3d6. Okay. What you are looking for is the highest result of the entire pool. The way that Eddie is helping is while Lirio is dealing with all of the actual officials, Eddie is kind of palling around with the kind of minor functionaries, the the people who know what's going on, your mid-level level, uh, or your, like, under, your secretary types. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, flirting with a couple of them. Just, like, hey, get this onto the top of the stack. Who do we need to talk to? I Master. rolled a three. You rolled a three. Yeah, three is my highest. Oh, that's rough. So, oh, jeez. A one through three. Fail at your task and suffer the consequence. Sweet, I'm excited. Oh, boy. So both of you are going to suffer the... Con so, unfortunately, the people here at the mustering hall are not impressed whatsoever. In fact, a lot of them are, in the, in the end of the... In the last days, the end of the world, are really not interested in this political gamesmanship. One of them says, like, okay, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll send you a courier. Could you please move along? And then they just sort of, like, rudely cold shoulder you out of the building. You're not sure if you're going to get responded to or what, but that's kind of all you got in you. Lirio politely waits still. And Lirio politely waits. Oh, that's rough. Meanwhile, we have Jack and the Phantom heading up to Willow Hall to case the joint. So the challenge is going to be case Willow Hall. Who's leading this? Who's the leader and who's the assist? I feel like it's probably like Phantom. It it's in the name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm used yeah. to working alone and just sticking to the shadows, so I've just got a shadow of my own now. Okay. We're looking for like logistics, how we're gonna transport this and also if we need to make it disappear in a hurry. Okay. It's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna miss his cannon. He's not using it. Um, it is a ceremonial cannon. It's probably kind of prominently on display. Yeah. Okay, what is the cost of failure? Taking pot. I have to explain why we're casing this dude's house. We get caught is a pretty pretty obvious one there. Sure, if you get caught, but like what happens if you get caught? Getting caught is one thing, but like what kind of personal risk are we taking here? What could possibly happen to you? Could you lose a reputation? Could you get injured? Like those kinds of things. If I get caught doing this, I would definitely lose one of my reputations. Yeah. Okay. Elusive? Yep. How'd you yeah, know? If you get caught, we're going to replace elusive with, hmm, what would... Trespasser? Take out like a sore thumb. Mm. Blatant. Obvious. Blatant. Obvious. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. All right. Ouch. So, Phantom, do you have a reputation that will help you? Elusive. Okay. Do you have equipment that will help you? I imagine I've got some thieves' tools kicking around in a bag that'll help me get in places a lot quieter. And the fact that I look unassuming. Okay. Are you doing this in an especially risky way? Probably not. Not okay. just a case the joint. That's, that'd be more for the important business of retrieving the cannon. Got it. Jack... What are you going to risk here for assisting? I picture like Jack might be hanging back and casing from a distance. So also like she can give a warning if she sees someone coming. 
Okay, but you're playing it actually safer than Phantom. Yeah, well, two-person job, you gotta have a lookout. Okay, so Phantom, I'm gonna call that 2d6, because Jack is basically preventing you from being alone in doing this, but isn't taking any risks. Is it near enough to really To actually be part of this, close. yeah. So, Phantom, give me 2d6 here, and then tell me your highest. Four. Four! Ah, it's a mix. So, you are going to accomplish your task. And that means you do case the joint. Some things that you discover. Oh yeah, the cannon. You can tell where the cannon was. And that was on a prominent dais display with like markings like, this is the cannon that killed blah 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 Drake. Right? Was. <laughs> was. It is gone. You can even see that there are fresh track marks where it was wheeled away, and hoof marks and the whole thing. As you are determining this, you, a courier runs up really fast, knocks on the door, and delivers something to the Duke's man, and then the Duke's man spots you, Phantom, not Jack, just the Phantom, and says, Hey, what are you doing here? Oh, I figured I'd be a little nostalgic for a time well gone. This, thing... this is restricted area. None of us know you. What, what do you mean time's gone? Come here. Come here. Restricted? What the hell are you talking about? I just walked through the door. What? If, if this is so restricted and highly... Go... Why, why are you leaving your door unlocked? He accosts you and then sends you packing. And he's, he's basically like, if I, I have it in my right mind that I'll call the guards here and have you thrown in the jail. Easy, easy. The shirt is vintage. Explain yourself. Why are you here? Well, I just told you. I wanted to get a little look-see at this, uh, that here thing that I've been talking about. I heard so much about this cannon. It just didn't seem like it could be true. I thought it was just a fake little thing that they put together. And it's gone. Yes, I'll never know. Oh? Returning to the scene of the crime, are you? The cannon is stolen. Who steals a cannon? Who do you think? Thieves? I don't know. Uh, out. Get out. All right, I'm going. Jeez, bye. Don't even invite me for tea. Unfortunately, since it was a mixed success, you must now replace elusive with obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but you did case the joint. You know the cannon was gone, and you know it was stolen. As you return to Jack, you see the courier take a return message, hop on his horse, and then take backed off down the path, heading back directly into Crescent. It is about four to six hours later where we see Lirio patiently sitting yep. in a bench outside the mustering hall when a courier walks up and shouts, Sir Lirio? Sir Lirio? I have yes. a message. Here you are from the Duke. And I open it and read it. It is from the Duke's man. You recognize the handwriting. And it simply says... Meet me at Willow Hall. Come alone. All right. I turn to Eddie. I'm assuming Eddie is also hanging out. Exceedingly bored. Taking <laughs> rocks around, flicking them around. I'm going to look at Eddie, and I'm going to go, well, I have good news and bad news. Good news, I get to see the Duke. Bad news, you get to be bored a little bit longer. I have to go by myself. That's a terrible idea. Well, I understand 
I may have given mixed signals about the Duke being trustworthy with things that you love and all of that, but you shouldn't worry about me around the Duke. The Duke is fine. Uh, we have history, but not like our history. So don't worry. This is a terrible idea. We could have just all gone and asked for the cannon. It is at this point that uh, Phantom and Jack show up hearing we could have just asked for the cannon. Actually, about that, someone beat us to it. Yeah, I got Starwood. Well, Eddie, you won't be alone in waiting. Jack and the Phantom are here, and you three can have all the fun that you want while in this little town while I go meet with the Duke. Wait, what the heck are we waiting for? He doesn't have the cannon. Why don't we just leave? <laughs> Kill the stupid dragon already. You're gonna see the Duke? He might know where it is. Or has an idea. Why doesn't he have it back already? Well, shoot. You're gonna see the Duke. We can try and follow the tracks. It's right how much time we got to fix stop this apocalypse. It's gonna happen with or without the cannon. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather have the cannon? I'm sure we would all rather have the cannon. I have my orders. And you I have, have my dignity. Orders. I want to know who beat me to this cannon. <laughs> yeah. Then you can follow the tracks. Oh, wait, you oh, can't. Is that, per- is that permission to do so? Oh. What you have to follow what I say. Yeah, and you just said that I, I have to follow the tracks. I heard you. You heard, you heard her say it. And then I said you can't. So wait no. patiently. And I will go meet with the Duke. Patience is a virtue. I don't mess with that. <laughs> All right, so then Lirio, impatiently wait. And Lirio I shall be back. To, Lirio is going to go and see the Duke. What are the three of you going to do while Lirio is seeing the Duke? You all got a good place. To, you got you guys got a good uh, look at the grounds, right? Yeah, we got to look around. Okay. A lot of windows. Oh, yeah. Okay. The silly fancy kind that you don't really need to invest in anymore because you need more structural thing with all the business going on. Okay, well, glad you guys got a good look around. Let me know where we're posting up on the way. We gotta be ready to bust in, pull her out once shit goes bad. So are we backing up Lirio or are you gonna go follow the camera? Oh, no, we're absolutely backing up Lirio. I am backing up Lirio. Okay. How about Phantom Um, and Jack? Jack's be like, why don't you don't play back up because you know the grounds pretty well. I'll see if I can get an idea of where they took this cannon. You're going off on your own? How we know you're going to come back? Because I always come back. Plus, I'm not going that far. Famous last words. I was about to say that. <laughs> All right. We smash cut over to... We do it... Actually, no, not a smash cut. We do a star wipe. <laughs> outside of the Duke's residence where Eddie and the Phantom are sort of posted up, and then Lirio heads in. Now, Lirio, I'm going to get to you in a second here. First thing that I want is I want a challenge roll from Jack for going and and trying to sniff out roughly where you think, like, the tracks went or what's going on with the cannon without getting spotted. So what do you think the cost of this is? I get spotted by the thieves, I get injured. Oh, okay, you're going to get spotted by the thieves and potentially get injured. Love that. Okay, great. So, here we go. Jack, do you have a reputation that can help you here? Quick-witted. Quick-witted? Okay. Do you have equipment that can help you? Not really. 
explain how you're putting yourself at risk. I'm doing this alone and I'm not entirely sure who has this, if they have anyone watching their tracks, okay. why they've taken it. So that's going to get you 3d6. I'm going to remove one because you are facing this alone without your cadre. So roll me 2d6 and give me the highest. Five. Five! All right. Accomplish your task, but suffer a consequence. I am going to do it like this. So you figure out where... Uh, uh, you get a lot of information on what's going on with this cannon. It was dragged away by horses. And it was actually taken down the main path for a little while before they cut off and then headed north towards the hills. You are about to kind of creep through there when you feel something wrap around your leg and then hoist you upside down. It Shit. looks like they set up a rope trap in their wake. You are not in any particular risk right now unless you hang there for too long. Uh, you're not injured. You're just hanging upside down. If you wanted your people to find you right away, you'd have to shout. I don't want to be caught alone, so I'm just going to... Jack has at least one knife tucked somewhere, so she's just going to take to, that knife. Try to knife, yourself out? Okay. Like, reach up, grab the rope, start talking at it. All right, so we'll uh, we'll come back to that. Lirio, you step inside the manor of Baron Halpert, or mm -hmm. uh, uh, of, of, sorry, of Duke Halpert Crescent, and you are led into the dining room. Like most of these homes that are owned by assholes, it is one of those long dining tables with right. the big high chair on one end, and Duke Halpert is sitting there in red, like, sort of florid, like, dukely robes with his sort of crown kinked off to one side. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his lunch, or sorry, his dinner uh, directly in front of him. And resting against the chair is his double-barreled shotgun, Vulture Blackheart. Yep, that's the name of it. He's got a double-barreled shotgun called Vulture Blackheart, and he uses <laughs> it to execute traitors. Great. Duke is a beady-eyed man, and you feel bad for having sort of underplayed this man's personage. He kind of rocks back in his chair arrogantly and goes, Ah, oh, there you are, Lario. <laughs> Come crawling back here at the end, do ya? Hello, Duke. It is a pleasure to see you again after all of these years. I point my sword at him that glows white. And again, in my head, I'm like, there's got to be something fucking wrong with this sword. And so, Leo, explain yes. how your magic sword works. My sword works in such a way that it reveals the truth of a man's heart. It glows white if a man's heart is pure, even if on the outside they are not as pure as they seem. Every single day I wake up with it being red and black when I point it towards my heart. But whenever I finish a job and it's a job well done, it turns white. But it's never permanent for me. With the Duke, it turns white. There we are, pure as the driven snow. Now you. And I point it to mine and it is a bit darker than I would have liked. Up, uh, there it is. 
Still haven't cleansed yourself, have you? No. You can I have get not. named a knight by a little baby king, but it ain't gonna change the stain on your soul, is it, Lyria? No. You are correct. But I am not here to talk about my past. I'm here to talk about the cannon. Gone. Do you know who took it? Yeah, I know. Ain't you seen it around town? No, actually. Thronebreakers. Thronebreakers. Traitors to the crown. They took it. How long have you had that cannon? Years. And they took it so easily from you? Aye. People on the inside. People I can't trust. Mm. I suspect me own marshal. Do you know where they took it? Yeah. I've got a sneaking suspicion. I was going to put a posse together, and then I heard you was coming in town. Mm. Figured I'd uh, send someone to do me dirty work for it. Least you can die for something worth it, eh? Yeah. Dying for things worth it. Yeah. Exactly what I like. The first useful like thing do. you've done with your life. Can we kill him? Sure, fucking can. <laughs> sure. Lyria looks at the Duke and smiles as politely as she can and says, Well, this meeting has been very fruitful. Uh, if you could point me in the right direction of where you think the cannon was taken, we'll go ahead and retrieve it. Red Hills. Up north of here. Hold on a sec. I gotta grab. I gotta grab a name here really quick. Sorry. <laughs> Picture this is Raya's jacket. Strong of like, oh, shit. Back days. It's a bunch of Romans that I think are working for the Thronebreakers, and I think my own sheriff might be in league with them. You know, it's funny. I wouldn't be in this problem if you hadn't taken my sword. So you in mean, a way, this is your fault. A lot of things are my fault. We both know this. Mm-hmm. You losing the cannon, though, is not my fault. If I could have judged the heart of Aspen with that sword, then we wouldn't be in this predicament, would we? What do you need with a cannon for, anyhow? To save the world, apparently. That lot of good it's gonna do ya. Yeah. Anyway, nice to see you again, Duke. I'm on my way out. All right, close the door behind you. And I would like to slam the door, but at just the last moment, decide not to enclose it politely. <laughs> and walks out. Dude's passive aggressively would open just like a couple inches. <laughs> Ooh, oh, make him stand You, you close up. it, but you don't latch it. So that yeah, it so it opens later. It yeah, See, so he has to get up. He's not going to get up and shut up that door. No. His guy is going to do it. You hear him screaming behind you. Come back with that cannon and don't come back at all, girl. I'm not giving back, back his cannon. I don't give a shit. Don't He's not getting this cannon. Oh, we're coming ass. back with the cannon. Don't worry. Yeah. Just to just to clarify, don't spring an asshole like that on your players without talking about it. Uh, oh, we talked ball. about it. This is exactly Why so. I talked about it in advance. We just we agreed we were going to make this guy exceedingly uh, despicable. Uh, yes. Check it with your players beforehand. You <laughs> do that. Yes, uh, I I want it to be broken. As you know me, I want it to be broken. Although all of my choices in this game are to break me as a player and as a character. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> uh, as you walk down the steps, like off the veranda of this big house. 
I think, yeah, Eddie just like rolls and drops onto his feet and like not entirely gracelessly, but like heavily with just a thud right next to you and stands up and like just keeping stride with you, dusts himself off and says, well, how did it go? Very fruitful. I know where the cannon was taken. I know who took it and I know where we can, where we need to go. Very fruit. We can believe it. And you just see Phantom sit up from some tall grass, like chewing on a little piece. Like... <laughs> Probably starting to wonder, Jack should be back by now. Yeah, yeah like, uh, Jack likely is prone in missing. Where is Jack? Who <laughs> is Jack? I'm kidding. Uh, Why is Jack? Why is Jack? <laughs> Those Where are all Jack? excellent questions and she can't tell you. <laughs> Before we cut away from that, I think as we get like to the edges of the grounds, sort of like without out of earshot of the building or sort of like around a curve, Eddie actually like slows and turns and puts an arm or puts like a hand on Lirio's arm and is like, hey, are you okay? Lirio smiles, lets her head sort of rest on the arm and then says, Nothing I can't handle. And then straightens up and moves. So you head into the the forest following in the trail of the uh, where the cannon got dragged away, heading north to the, uh, the Red Hills north of town. When you round a bend and hear a thud as Jack frees herself from a rope trap thwomp. I'm standing over Jack. Hello, Jack. Somebody caught themselves a jackrabbit. Jack just flips, just flips the phantom off. <laughs> yeah. So what did we learn? <laughs> With a smile, Lirio says everything the Duke says, but in a more polite, kinder way. Not sharing all I... the words that were shared in that meeting. Why do I get the distinct feeling that he said it a lot more of an asshole kind of way than you just put it? Because I'm not an asshole. Excellent point. So they're that way pointing in the direction I was going. So we had, yeah, you head towards the Red Hills. Part of how Inevitable is written is you can dwell on, on like the character chatter a little bit, but they're like, they want to keep you just like moving, thing, 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 step, 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 which is, that's, I'm not like criticizing anyone. I'm just like, this is, this is sort of the natural pace of the game. I know how much y'all can talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could have yeah. done this entire, entire session without actually playing a game. We're just True. Rolling. <laughs> I've been there, uh, which is it's fine. It's called Those having friends, Ben. Um, <laughs> love you guys. Love y'all so much. Love you. You torture me every day. You reach the uh, sort of the edge of the Red Hills crest over something, and you can definitely tell that you've been spotted because Eddie, you recognize, you see in the distance, bouncing from hill to hill, the glint of little flecks of light coming from various outcroppings and cusps. You know what this is. They've seen you, and they are communicating your location and who you are by way of mirrors. You have been listening to Pseudodim Solo Adventures This Red Rock, an inevitable one-shot run by T.T. Benjamin, featuring Gliza, Emily, Zadkiel, and Brianna Jean. 
Inevitable is a doomed Arthurian RPG created by Soul Muppet Games. And if you enjoy this, feel free to check out our other shows over at Pseudonym Social. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and follow us on Twitter at pseudonymsocial. <laughs>